0: the only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. joindeletem com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennium Money, and today we're talking healthy money habits for relationships. In game. It will expand your brain. So it is the week of love, right, with Valentine's Day, and so I was kind of getting in the mood to talk about relationships. And last week we talked about um, divorce, which I know is not a fun topic. To talk about, but this week I wanted to talk about a little bit, something different. You know, how do you establish healthy money habits in relationships? It is always the number one question that I get asked all the time from from you guys, from listeners, from couples that I work with is, you know, how do we actually do this thing in a relationship, whether you're married or you're just living together, um, engaged, you know, whatever it may be, it always seems like it is so fraught with, just emotion and fear and stress and arguments there was actually a survey out by creditcards.com and i thought some of the results of the survey i just i just had to share approximately 12 million 12 million americans have concealed a bank or credit card account from their live-in spouse partner or significant other and while that might surprise you, it doesn't surprise me because anytime I work with a couple, you know, there's always kind of that like a side conversation that goes on where, you know, I'll catch the eye of, of one of the the people in the relationship and they'll kind of give me that like, hey, can I can I can I talk to you over here? And um I know it now. It it always comes up. And then there's the kind of like, oh, you know, there's something in my bank account that I don't want the other person to know about, like, can we just talk about it on the download? Can we talk about it after? Or I'll get an email before the session or, I I mean, I've literally seen just about anything. Um, I've seen somebody actually like throw a full on tantrum in the middle of a session just to try and divert from where I was kind of going with the conversation because I I was noticing some things in their financials and I was starting to talk about it. And then this tantrum just sort of erupted in this like fully grown adult person. And I thought, all right, well, they probably don't want me to talk about this. So I'm just going to do them a favor and I'm going to steer very far away from it. And um, the the tantrum subsided. And then afterwards, you know, I talked to them and, and that was definitely why it happened. So it doesn't surprise me, but but it really is One of the reasons why you know so many relationships actually break up just because of money, and it's just because of these all of these kind of like hidden secret things. So, the survey also found that more than one in four of respondents 28% have admitted to spending $500 or more without consulting their partner. Again, not a big shock, you know, if you're in a relationship, you may have done this. I have actually done this myself, so. You know, I'm I'm in that uh, demographic there, but I think the important thing, really, with that statistic is, you know, I think every couple should have um, a don't ask, don't tell amount, right? And what I mean by that is there is some dollar amount. That you both mutually decide upon that it doesn't matter if you spend. So let's just say it's a hundred dollars, right? So it doesn't matter if you go out and you go shopping or you go out with your friends and have a few beers or whatever it may be and you spend a hundred dollars. No big deal, right? But if you're getting into the like $150, 200 fifty, two hundred dollar, five hundred dollar range, then you know it does require a check-in with your significant other because that's just the that's just the nice thing to do. I mean, especially if you share finances. You know, the worst thing that can happen is that one person is not honest at all, and and almost nearly bankrupts the other person. And I have seen good, great money habits in relationships, and I have seen terrible, terrible habits in relationships. And you know, no matter where you are on that spectrum, there's always room for improvement. And What I've found, I mean, I talked about this last week in the podcast. Is is not, it's not, it's not like we're we're doing heart surgery here, right, or brain surgery, or something really complex. I mean, it really just boils down to like communication, right? So, can you communicate about what's going on in your finances? And you, can you be open and honest about, you know, whatever you want to buy or whatever you want to spend? For some reason, there's like this. This thrill, right? Like this thrill in spending something secretly, and you know, a lot of times, like get away with it. It's not a big deal. The person doesn't know. You know, you may get that awkward question of like, "Oh, is that new?" And then you go, "No, I've had that in the back of my closet." Come on, now, all of you that are listening, you you have to have done this at one particular point in time, right? Especially if you're in a relationship. It's just, it's like how we're hardwired. So for the little things, you know, like a t-shirt here, pants, shoes, purse, not a big deal, right? But for big things, it actually does start to be a big deal. And a lot of times you, the one who actually went out and spent the money, it weighs on you more because you feel this like obligation and stress. And then, you know, so much time has gone on when you haven't said anything that then it's just, it's ridiculously awkward, right? So the survey also found that surprisingly, one-third, 33% of respondents think it's fine for their significant other to spend $500 or more without asking. This was actually the most popular answer for the survey. So I think that one is, that one's actually, it is very surprising to me because, you know, I mean, if if Jeff went out and spent $500 tomorrow, I mean, I would probably be like, what what are you doing? (laughs) Um, I hope this was a good expense. Now, if it's like an emergency, right, and you have to spend that money, well, that's completely different. But I found that really interesting. So I think that really begs the question, like if you're in a relationship, like what is your don't ask, don't tell dollar amount? What is that? You know, what is the amount that is okay? And I think if you agree upon whatever that number is, then you have to be okay. I mean, you have to be okay with, if the person goes out and spends five hundred dollars, and that's your that's your dollar amount, then all right. I mean, so be it, right? And they shouldn't have to have like the third degree um, when they come home and you find out that they spent five hundred dollars. So the senior industry and analyst—that's my word—I'm looking for analyst uh, Matt Schultz at CreditCards.com. He says, you know, keeping secrets in relationships is never a good idea. Like any indiscretion, what starts out as small tends to build. Spending 25 bucks without consulting your partner, it may seem incidental. But when those purchases become much more frequent or if the amount grows, it can wreak havoc on your accounts and your budget. And I think, you know, it's it's the trickle-down effect that – is really where things get in trouble because it's, it isn't just, you know, a little bit here or a little bit here. I mean, it it tends to, when you, when you have this habit in your relationship, you tend to do it a lot more frequently. And, you know, I even know there's a lot of couples that are, even married couples that have separate checking accounts. And there's nothing wrong with it. You have to figure out what works for you. I'm not a huge fan of separate checking accounts. I am a fan of one giant checking account. If you want to have your own little small play funds, then go for it. But that's just me, right? That's just the, you know, sage advice, if you will, that um, I think really works to foster healthy money habits and to foster partnership and communication in relationships but everybody is different. And if you're in a relationship where things are separate and it works for you and it's fair for everyone, then, you know, keep it that way. Right. But still do some of these tips, like still set up the don't ask, don't tell them out, you know, um, still be openly communicating with your partner because that's just, what's going to lead to a better relationship. And who says that it's going to be that way for your whole entire life? Like What happens if one of you, God forbid, is like disabled or something, right? And can't work. And so the other person makes the majority of the money. Well, it's not really fair in that situation to have two separate accounts because the other person's going to need someone to take care of them, right? So I think it's just, it's just seldom in life does everything stay the exact same, right? So what works for you today might not work for you tomorrow. The point is just to be flexible. So talking about all of this, you know, how do we foster these healthy money habits? And I think number one, it starts with no matter how long you've been together or how little of a time you've actually been together, it's what I call get get naked with your finances. Now, I don't mean like take all your clothes off and roll around on the floor with your money. Okay, that's just weird. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about though is disclosing, you know, what you've got, what your credit score is, what your weakness is. What are you good at, right? All of these things are super important for the other person because how can the other person support you and be a good partner with you if you're not really honest about this stuff? And look, I know it's embarrassing, right? When I first um, started dating Jeff, I had kind of still a mess left over from my divorce that I was fixing, and I felt really insecure about talking about that. Like I kind of talked around it for a while, and then finally I was like, you "No, know what? You know what? Here's the situation." <laughs> here's what I got, here's what I'm cleaning up, here's why that happened, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, he was like, okay, cool, I got it, right? When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations, Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this, they release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third-party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found quince and I am in love. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. From Foreign Policy, I'm Reena Nainan, the host of the Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts. Probably helped that I'm a, a financial planner, and so he knows that I, I kind of know how to get uh, get the training wheels off again, right? And, and get up and running. But the, the point is, is that, Neither one of you are going to be in the exact same spot at the exact same time, right? And you're all going to have different strengths and weaknesses. And so it's important to know what those are and where you're at financially. And look, if you're the partner in the relationship where you have got it all together, please don't shame the other person. Please don't make them feel like crap. Please don't make them feel, you know, horrible because a lot of times things happen to us in life and maybe we need that partnership to help us get back on track, right? So your strengths maybe could be, you know, greatly needed by the other person. So just be super careful when, you know, you're, you're going to any shame talk around that. And a lot of times ladies, you, um, have a habit of feeling really inferior to the guys and you shouldn't, right? Um, guys have made plenty of mistakes. I've seen a lot of money doozies done by guys. So, Look, we're both in the same boat, right? Let's just figure this out together. Another tip to really foster a healthy money relationship is to schedule regular money dates. But please do me a favor. Make these fun. Don't make these things boring. Um, Our money dates consist of wine, dessert, and a super quick chat about where we're at, what's coming up in the week, what's coming up in the month. Uh, Maybe a check-in of our goals whatever it may be, and they're calendared out. And I know that sounds kind of dull and boring, but honestly, right? If you don't put anything in your calendar, do you do it? I don't. It needs to be in the calendar. And a lot of people struggle with the money dates, especially at first, because it feels really awkward. But um, I promise you that it gets easier and um, they go by really quick, kind of the more you do these things. And if you being in your your apartment or your house or whatever it may be, like brings up anxiety for you. Get out of the house and diffuse the situation. Like go to Happy Hour or you know, while you're sitting like waiting for the movie to start. I know that sounds ridiculous, but but sometimes it's just about getting yourself out of a particular environment and you're a lot more open and willing to talk about things. Now I will say a little caveat here. You know, I'm all for having a little uh, alcoholic refreshment involved when you're talking about money, especially in a relationship, because like you need maybe just a, you need a little like freedom to talk, but I'm not talking about like, don't have this money conversation when you're like drunk, right? When you have had way too much alcohol and you know, you have, that is never a good time to open any discussion about anything meaningful and significant. um, Hopefully you've experienced this in your past, but really nothing good comes out of it, especially if one person has not had anything to drink and the other person is, you know, tipsy or on the edge of being drunk. It's not going to work out well. (laughs) So, you know, have a little beverage, maybe a few sips, just enough to loosen yourself up, but don't go crazy with this. Um... Another tip is to just embrace the difference. So, again, we all have these different money upbringings. I've talked about this on a lot of podcasts before, but our money habits are usually formed by the age of seven. So, that's super early in life. And that means that, you know, by the time we get to like our 20s and 30s, we've got a lot of crap piled upon us. And, um, you know, we bring that all into a relationship. And so, really embrace the different upbringings, the different strengths and weaknesses, and you know, it's those differences that lead to the arguments. So, really try to work past those differences and know what you're good at and what you're not good at and be really willing to admit it. And if you're if you're stuck there as a couple and you know, you just keep going around and around and around with arguments, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I don't think there's anything wrong with Going to therapy as a couple, yeah, it's a little awkward at first, but, it, you know, that's why they're professionals. Um, they're just a, a third party there that really helps you communicate and talk about things. And usually what you find is the reason that you're arguing about money is something so silly that it can be solved really quickly. So, you know, it's it's not a sign of weakness, Um, I actually think it's a sign of stress when you're like, Hey, I need help. Right. It's, it's like, if you're struggling with your budget right now, or you're struggling with savings or paying off debt, you know, and you go out and you reach out to me or somebody else, you know, to help you. I mean, that's a real sign of strength. I know that you all love tuning in every day to hear my voice, but I'm sure you're not listening to this podcast just to hear my voice, right? You want all these tips. So, um, you know, the point is just don't be afraid to ask for help. And create a money reward system. And and I'm not again, I'm not talking about, you know, going out and spending five hundred dollars every month just because, you know, you pat yourself on your back because you had a money date. But come up with some sort of reward system. Like, hey, if we do X, Y, and Z this month, if we save X, Y, and Z, if we pay off so much on our debt, if we um you know, if we just have good communication this month about money, whatever it may be, like find the thing for you as a couple, create a reward system. You know, if we if we do this and we feel like we both got a passing grade, you know, I don't know, go out and get ice cream or go to happy hour or go go to a movie or I don't whatever it is, you know, something small, but something that's a reward. And you know, people laugh all the time when I talk about this, but I swear to you, there is something very psychological about attaching reward. I mean, think about when you were young and you had chores and if you did your chores, you got Paid or you got you know to do something fun, right? That was your motivation to do the chore. So, not that I want you to think about this as a chore, but the point is this: it works, right? So why not do it on yourself and forge you know a real trust relationship with each other? Trust is earned. Trust is not given off the bat. And so you also have to be willing to trust and to earn trust from your partner and then also be willing to do what I call financial forgiveness to be able to say, okay, like all this stuff in the past that maybe has has layered up and is toppling over on top of us, let's just forget it. Let's just burn it up. Let's write it out, burn it up, whatever you want to do, send it out to sea, send it up in the air. I don't care. Just get rid of it, right? Right. And then trust each other again because you're not going to win financially without trust, communication, and being open with each other. It's not going to happen. I can tell you that um, all day long, right? So those are the things that are really going to forge a super, super good, healthy money habit within your relationship. And lastly, just get some goals, as an individual, but also as a couple, you know, make them monthly, make them daily, make them yearly, Uh, you know, think long-term about, about your goals and incorporate them into the budget. But also in your money dates, like have some time to dream, not just to think about short-term, but to think about like, what do you want your life to look like in five years or 10 years? And what do you need to do now to start, you know, marching in that direction? I mean, we're all so busy. We're all under a lot of stress. We're all working hard. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're running, you know, some crazy government job that's super important. They're all super important. We're all busy and we've got a lot on our plate. And so I think we don't take enough time to sit back and kind of dream and and you know, tap back into that that fearlessness of when we were kids and we said, you know, oh, we want to be this and we want to do that. That's really important as a couple because you know, it gives you a direction and it makes you feel like you're a team. And and that can help, again, foster a good money habit in your relationship. Healthy relationships, they have lots of play involved. I mean, money doesn't have to be stagnant. This doesn't have to be something dry and boring and stressful and frustrating. You can make this anything you want. You don't like to call a budget budget? Change the name. Turn it into something else. Make it work for you. That's the point of this, right? But again, you need trust, you need communication, and you gotta be willing, again, to get naked with your finances. And all of those tips, all of those things are what I have seen time and time and time again help foster super healthy money habits for relationships. So there's no better time to start now, right? This is Valentine's day week. It's all about love. So start fostering some of these healthy money habits. And I guarantee you, you will see your relationship start to change right away. All right. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Shauna game and Instagram at millennial underscore money.